Welcome back to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also known as Gunner Since 96. And as always, joining me here this evening is Adam Keyes. Adam, are you ready? I'm ready, Farhan. Okay. So, first question. Good win or great win? Great win. Who was your man of the match? Big Dick. 100%. And since I couldn't come up with a third question, I'm going to let Monty ask you the final question. Freya, does he stay as number one? Did Did he do enough? He didn't do enough for me. So no. I have to give an answer, so I'm going to say no. That was a, a bombshell of a final question and answer. Um, for those of you... Stake <laughs> the fire. For those of you that don't know, um, Monty's joining us for this episode. So, Monty, hello. Good evening. How are you doing? Not too bad. Thank you, Farron. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I mean, we won. We won. It was nervier than I thought, but hey-ho. We're here now. We're here now. I'm good. I'm, we're in good spirits. It's on to Newcastle now. Yeah, I'm sensing very a very good sort of energy, happy, positive mm-hmm. um, from all three of us. I think it's fair to say. And usually, when in a game of, when a game is played with that kind of tempo, pace, when it's so back and forth and end to end, we're all a little bit, you know, uh, nervous, anxious. But I don't know. I I thoroughly enjoyed that game of football. Adam, how are you feeling after that? Yeah, really good. I, I enjoyed it. It was. A great moment. We took our goals well, two beautiful goals. And just one of those games where it was a reminder of what the Champions League's really like. You're not going to go and control a game for 90 minutes. You have to go and battle. You have to go and win. That was a loud ground. They had so many experienced players in that team, like so many players that have won so much. Like you look at Ramos, Rakitic, players like that, Jesus Navas, they're all highly decorated players. So that's kind of they've got that cunning side to them they know how to grind out results and even though they started poorly I think they're still a good side Monty and I discussed this this morning they're a team that don't concede many goals so look I'm really pleased with the win and I think we showed real character tonight because that's not an easy place to go they've got great pedigree in Europe and we we needed that one as well so it shows we can handle those games when the pressure's on yeah, absolutely. Uh, Monty, um, mm-hmm. I still can't believe all three of us are here. You know, I'm, I'm kind of know, quite right? excited for this episode because, you know, it's, it's not very often we all get to um, have a good chinwag about the Arsenal. But tell me, sort of, I mean, we're recording maybe 10, 15 minutes after the final whistle. Emotions are still mm-hmm. very raw. Um, yeah, summarize how you're feeling. Relieved. Uh, do you know what? Kind of surprised as well. Um, mainly surprised at Tommy Yasu. 
Um, I thought he mm. had a great shift today. Um, and honestly, I think he should start against Newcastle. Um, I just think so, like he's he's starting to add that attacking side to his game. Um, he's not quite got the Sinchenko touch or pass, but he can definitely defend better. Um, which against a Newcastle team that are scoring lots of goals, I'm I'm Monty just 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 to bring you back down to planet Earth. Yeah, we 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 still have to get past Sheffield United and West Ham. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Did you completely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely just went hopskit jump, just automatically assume we're going to win those. Whoops. But yeah, no, hundred percent. I think Tommy Asu surprised me the most today. Um, he was he was great. Um, after the game, honestly, great as well. I mean, Saka was just he looked like he's fresh again. Um, he was a constant threat pretty much most of the game. Martinelli and Jesus both get on the score sheet, which is good to see. And they weren't just just good goal they were fantastic goals they were beautiful to watch that Jesus second goal <sighs> insane crazy crazy goal so yeah I'm I'm in very good spirits that was a, a professional performance I'd say there were moments where it could have very much gone against us um, and we showed a lot of um, character and a lot of professionalism to get through it um, especially against a team like Sevilla who are very experienced in high high pressure games in um in Europe so yeah not too bad what about yourself yeah good as I said very very positive optimistic mm. um you know it's three points in the Champions League are huge and actually unlike the game when we played against Lens um this epitomized the competition I was just speaking to to you actually just before we press the record button and I was saying how this it, it felt like a game where both team valued the competition it felt like a Champions League fixture both team going at it high tempo high energy um, throughout the 90 minutes I think mean, there were very few moments in the game where it was flat um, from, from the first minute from the get-go it was you know almost like 100 miles an hour uh, let's quickly gloss over the starting lineup before we talk about the game though Adam we did have a quick chat about what we were expecting. Um, I predicted that we would go quite strong and it would be quite similar to what Arteta would want to play week in, week out. Any surprises for you? Um, no, I like the team. The only one for me was Thomas Party. We obviously discussed it in our, our WhatsApp group before the game. That's a real concern. Arsenal have said it's muscular. There's rumours all over Twitter about other things. But either way, I think... The one thing it does tell us is Thomas Party can't be relied upon for Arsenal. And it's got to the point now you've got a player on something like 220 grand a week. How can we realistically have a player on that wage that can't be relied on to step out in the pitch when required? So that for me is a real concern. We've had, look, it, it's, I think we have to just to, because people question this and People say oh, it's not the player's fault they get injured. No, it's not the player's fault they get injured. Injuries are part of the game, but we've had players that are so important to us over the years, the likes of RVP, Eduardo, Ramsey, uh, Cazorla at the end of his time at the club, Diaby, those players that we built so much hope around every season that every time they got injured, it cost us heavily. And thankfully, now that we've got Declan Rice, we haven't had that drop-off with Party being out. But I do think we missed him against Chelsea, and I do think he was a player that could have made an impact. And the reason he didn't come on is probably because of some kind of injury or fitness reasons. But that was the big surprise for me, hearing that going into the game. And I think it's just a real... It's gotten 
to have that again. And last week, Monty, you said on the 15-minute show that he's a player that scares the hell out of you. Every time he goes down, it's just like, is he injured? What's happened? Every time he goes away on international duty, we're panicking about whether he'll come back fit. It's been a long time since we had a player like that, other than Party. I guess Zinchenko is someone that you could slightly put in that category. But for me, it's just a case of after this season, I think we do have to move on with him. The wages are too big. The importance to the team's too high. And I, I think the reality is having a player of that stature at the club that picks up that many injuries, it's hard to kind of move past them because, I mean, you, you, there's only so much money. There's only so much space in the squad as well. So that for me was the shock. But other than that, I, I like the team. And when Party wasn't playing, I was glad he went with Jorginho because I think he's the experienced head. And as everyone knows, I really like Jorginho. But I, I'm fully aware of his weaknesses as well. So, but yeah, I like the team. I wanted Tommy Asu to come in and he was a baller tonight. S- superb performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really positive and really happy to see Tommy Asu in the starting lineup actually, um, because he deserved it. You know, after the performance he put in against Chelsea, um, one that may have raised a few eyebrows, Monty, would have been the reintroduction of our good friend David Raya. Um, mm-hmm. I, I for one have been calling for Ramsdale to be put back in the starting lineup um, for the last couple of weeks. I do feel like he's been unfairly treated. Mm. Um, It does feel a little bit, you know, of of an unjustified sort of decision to just uh, throw him to the side and and, and put Raya in there. Um, You know, if we talk about the number of games that Arsenal are playing this season, you would expect Ramsdale to play a handful of those um, even if it's the odd Champions League game I know this is a uh, this was a big one but uh, you know in the back of the Chelsea performance um, Man City as well as well as the game before that you know I I think I think a lot of fans were maybe hoping that this would be the moment that Ramsdale would come back into the into the starting lineup what are your thoughts on that? Yeah um, I definitely thought well we we spoke about it before we mentioned it mentioned it in when was messaging each other Raya had a he's had a shaky few games but I feel like Arteta's just a bit too stubborn to uh, to let go and I feel like he I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was who was it that had a sort of a a bad a bad game and he, and he played him again was it Tommy Yasu a couple of seasons ago they had a bad game I think it was Tommy Yasu against Liverpool wasn't it or he had a bad game and then he played him again and then he started kicking on again um, so he probably kind of tracked back to that but personally I did want to see Ramsdale um, I just think uh, that it's, it's the mistakes now I'm not saying we haven't got results under Raya we, we have but that's mainly to do with the team rather than him he's given me more heart palpitations than I can remember but um, we definitely I personally would have loved to have seen Aaron Ramsdale uh, in today I think after that performance, because I mean, Raya wasn't, he didn't really, ha- wasn't really tested today. Um, and when he was... He tested it, himself at one point. Yeah, exa- exactly. I was going to say, like, literally, that was, oh my God, I was watching that punch and I went, if this goes in, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. And then thank God it went over. Um, I just, I just think he's had, I think he's had enough time of, of a run in, into the, in the team. I think now it's a chance for, even if I'm Arteta, I'll put Ramsdale in and then, and then, if Ramsdale has an absolute stinker, we can all go, all right, fair play. Fair play. 
But I just don't think he will. Uh, and maybe hey hey ho, maybe get Ramsdale in against Sheffield, his old team. Um, that might be a that might be a little good good little match. I don't know. We'll see. But I personally, I I was more looking outfield than than at the back because I didn't think we'd be tested too much. Um, it was more that fullback because when I and I was saying to Adam earlier today on the fifteen minute show, I wanted to see Tommy Asu. That was I really wanted to start, and I'm glad I'm glad he got that start. Amazing. Okay, so let's dive into the get uh, into the game itself. Then opening ten minutes, severe controlling possession in the opening two minutes of the game, mm-hmm. um, playing with a quick tempo, uh, a level of aggression, which to me suggested that they were going to be quite competitive. And I was pleased to see that that's that was the the theme of the game. Uh, Acuna, I noticed, was very tight on Saka and looked to be quite aggressive on him as well. I felt like for for the most for most part they dealt with him quite well, and but Saka was. Um, you know, as as you guys said on 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 the group chat, found a, his spring on his step and looked really really sharp. Um, and also, you know, I think one of the players who we're going to be singing his praises on this episode is going to be Tomiyasu, um, because from the very first minute he was here, there, everywhere. Um, and I'm I'm quite intrigued about his positioning. I'm mm-hmm. interested to hear your guys' thoughts on his role and how he executed it it seemed very purposeful to say the least um and but it was it was effective as well and so i think a conversation needs to happen about um the future of that left hand side mm-hmm. um and whether you know weighing up the pros and cons between him and zinchenko which you know maybe it seems silly to be having that conversation at this point but Judging by his stature, his defensive capabilities and just his, I guess, security when he's going forward, you know, someone like him is able to track back and um, recover, uh, recover better than someone like Zinchenko, who I feel like is defensively more apt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he I mean, it's very, it was so it caught me by surprise when he had that stinging shot in the opening few minutes, yeah. went wide off the keeper's post, but it was good to see him in those positions, you know, a little bit more advanced. Um, we did have a big, big chance as well. Tommy uh, puts a brilliant cross in for Jesus, plays it to Martinelli. He's in for, in and goal. Um, keeper saves it. Um, but that was a really, really big chance for us. Um, Adam, how did you feel like the first 10 minutes went for us? Yeah, I thought we started with good energy, good discipline. And I, I thought we started well. It was one of those, whenever you go to a ground like that, you're never going to silence the crowd. There's that old, old cliche of the Spanish crowds don't stop. They whistle. They, they don't really sing in the same way as they do here. They just kind of whistle and make noise and beat the drums, do like a whole range of things. So you're never going to silence that crowd. It's just going to keep going at you the whole way through the game. And I think it's about showing that you can manage that and not let the players get under your skin. And I think we did that at the start. So that for me was the key. It's getting down, getting the the ball on the deck, playing it, showing that you belong to be there. And ultimately, that's the big thing for Arsenal this year. It's showing that we belong in the Champions League again. So we know we're good enough. And I've said many a time, if you're playing at the top end of the Premier League, you're more than good enough to play in the Champions League now. But I think for us, it's that kind of mental battle. We're here it's a young team and it's not a case of in 
kind of other sides where they've bought players with Champions League experience. A lot of our team don't have that experience. So if you look at the the likes of, I'm not sure if Gabriel played in it for Lille, but he would have been very young when he was there. Reyes never played in it. Mm-hmm. Tomiyasu, Ben White, Rice, Saka, Martinelli. Martinelli, all those players going into the game. It, it's shown that they belong on that pitch. And yes, we've got the likes of Jorginho and Havertz who have won it, but there's a huge proportion of our team don't have that experience and it's it was going out there getting the ball down moving it well and uh, what I really liked was I felt Saka looked just like he had a spring in his step for the first time so he didn't look heavy-legged you know he didn't have a spectacular game by any means but he just looked that bit lighter today he didn't look as heavy-legged and yeah I, I just really liked the way we started the game and I felt it kind of was an indication of how the game was going to flow from the way we started it. But what about you guys? What do you think, Monty? Yeah, I mean, not not, not um, too dissimilar from you guys, really. I think you both touched on things I've sort of spotted. I think one of the main ones was that the, off the bat, we we had the players seemed like they wanted to prove something, not only from sort of the loss against Lons, but also the sort of the disappointing performance against Chelsea. It felt like they had a bit of oomph about them there was something that they were just they were pissed off do you know what I mean they they had that in them and like you could see that they were going 50-50 balls are really going for it they were because Sevilla when you were watching them they were going into challenges hard they were really like you said um, they were mm. all over Saka they were, they were really challenging but they but they were both equal to it so that was good to see um, also as well Farron you touched on it as well the and Tommy S was great for the first 10 minutes we saw him make those runs but one who I just think is the most criminally underrated person on our entire team, Ben White. Ben White, again, this guy's football IQ is actually insane. So although he didn't execute it properly, that was the only thing that let him down. I think it was like the sixth minute we had a free kick and it was when Saka got um, got basically bodied. Yes, I know Um, what you mean. And he... And he did it quick, and 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 Tommy Yasu did this perfect in run, in run, like he was basically becoming our striker. He just came in, and Ben White bang just nails it, but he just hits it, he just overhits it. And the two synergies, I mean, like you, Sinchenko is never making that run, and and it was uh, very similar to run um, in the Man City game when Sinch, um, not Sinchenko, Tommy Yasu was running wide, uh, and he and he was bomb, bombing it down, and then he had to come in and take the touch, and then it obviously, well, we know how that all how that how that ended. Um, but yeah, it was very similar. So I'm seeing a different side of Tommy Asu, which I really liked. But again, Ben White, this guy needs his praise. This guy needs his praise. I just don't, I feel like everyone knows he's good, but people don't really know how, how good he is. Um, and I thought he was excellent. I thought he was, he was amazing today. His um, IQ and his vision was was, was spectacular. And uh, as well, on top of that, I think Martinelli's electric pace. I mean, he almost scored in, what was it, the... 12th minute I think it was the 12th or 11th minute when he had that chance very unlucky I mean he could have done better he should have probably just chipped it over the keeper or did the old cheeky Ozil flick but um no nah, it was it was unfortunate but he looked good as well he looked good coming coming straight back in so no it was good to see the good good yeah minutes. I think everyone was was playing at the top of their game you mm. make a good point Monty when you say that they look like you know they had something to prove to themselves first and foremost after two disappointing, mm-hmm. one disappointing performance against Chelsea. The draw, um, you know, coming off the back of the the Man City win, albeit not being, um, you know, not not being played the way that 
we're used to seeing us play, which is maybe it's a little bit unfair from me because it's it's a game against Man City. But I always expect Arsenal to play in a style which which is befitting to the way that Arteta has coached them. And I feel like today, tonight, we saw that, especially with uh, a certain Declan Rice, who I felt was absolutely magnificent. Um, and from the very, again, first minute, you could just see the intent. Just looked really aggressive, um, very uh, aggressive uh, pressing off the ball, but also the movement on the ball and the advanced positioning that he was taking up was really good to see. Now, mm-hmm. usually you would expect um, Rice to, you know, I guess add uh, that 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 additional layer of defensive security, but rather his first intent as soon as we got the ball was go forward get on the edge of the box, almost kind of replicate what Grant Xhaka did last season, just offer support. And because he's got so much quality on the ball, um, you know, he, he, he's he got a different dimension about him as well as having the support in an element. He's also got the ability to strike it, to cross it, to, you know, do pretty much everything. Um, so that was really nice to see. Um, Jesus as well, out uh, going out on the left, uh, for the first time, Adam, me and you made the point that we 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 missed that against Chelsea. He finally, mm. the interchanging um, front three finally was happening, and it worked because we got two goals. I, I'd like to, or the second goal definitely came from that left hand side. Um, even the first goal, you know, Martinelli running in behind. Um, but yeah, let's have a quick chat about Gabriel Jesus. He's he's gone. He went off injured in the second half. Um, worrying signs as he was clutching his hamstring. We're yet to find out more details, or I'm yet to anyway. I don't know whether anything's been leaked online. Um, but yeah, Adam Jesus's performance today in the Champions League, three and three, uh, joint highest top scorer in the competition alongside Jude Bellingham. Yeah, um, just to update you, so what Arteta said was you need magic moments in big games and big players to step in and create those moments. Today, he he has done something special. And then on the injury, he felt something in his hamstring. We have to wait and see. So there is pictures of him after the game doing his like phone thing with his Man of the Match award. And he's posing for quite a few pictures and everything. He did walk off the pitch, so I'm hoping it's precautionary. The thing is with Arteta, you can't believe a word he says in press conferences. Genuinely, whatever Arteta says, you you have to take with a pinch of salt now. Jesus could come back out on Saturday. It could be a case that he he got a knock to the back of his, his leg and it's more of a dead leg than a hamstring injury and he's come off straight away. But I you just don't know with Arteta. So um, hopefully he's okay. But yeah, his performance, as you said, Farhan, we did talk about him drifting left, drifting white, right. That was something that we hadn't seen a lot of against Chelsea. And I thought he was back at it tonight. It really gave that space for Martinelli. And I thought the two of them just gelled really well. That chemistry that we saw at the beginning of the last season was back. There was just a bit of flair to his game. There was a bit of flair to Martinelli's game. And the two of them were just causing problems. The way it was the kind of game that suits both of them, where the ball is a bit frantic. 
And we, we've talked before about Martinelli never really looks completely in control, but somehow is in complete control. And those moments where the ball is bouncing yeah. around, it, it suits him. And Jesus is very similar to that. It's like the ball's getting away from him, but he always seems to kind of have his toe on the ball at the same time. It's, it's a very weird, unusual thing. And I guess it's that kind of street football that they talk about in South America that you don't quite see in so Europe anymore. It's so stressful to defend it. Yeah, and that's so, the thing. It's like, stressful. Does that mean because you're like, where is it going? You don't want to put a foot in. You, you put a foot in, you bring mm. them down. It's like, or you bring a foot in, they just poke it past you and they're away. So like all those things, it causes chaos with defenders. And I felt that they were doing that. And whenever we got close to the boxes, we were causing problems. But the issue throughout the first half was our final ball. We just didn't be able, yeah. we just couldn't seem to get that final ball, play someone in and just really make the difference. And there was a couple of times Rice got down the left at one point and um, he cut it back when Saka was in space. And it was just moments like that throughout the first half where we just didn't take advantage and we just couldn't get that final ball played through. But Jesus, I just thought he was fantastic. The, the goal itself, that just a big hoof out from Saliba, and then the control and that Cruyff turn, it takes two players completely out of the game. It was like Busquets does, except it was in a, an attacking position. And Martinelli just galloping through as well. It was it was like Villa last year. And um, except, and look, that's perfect time to score right before halftime. In a ground like that, away from home, you, you get that energy going back into the dressing room. And I thought Gabriel Jesus was the player to give it to us. So we, we needed big characters on a night like this. And he is one of the few with that real Champions League pedigree. So as you say, Farhan, three and three, he's doing all right. He's not doing too bad at all in the Champions League. Yeah, let's stay grounded, shall we? Um, <laughs> Monty, another player who we're going to have to have a chat about and I want to hear from both of you on him mm-hmm. is Tommy Asu. Keep going back to him. But of course, um, leading that left-hand side really... And I, I was really intrigued watching him because it wasn't a typical Tomiyasu uh, type of performance. He he looked like he was um, following very specific instructions, playing in more advanced areas, mm-hmm. um, inverting into midfield. But whilst playing as a as a as a left uh, a fullback, uh, an inverted fullback, he was also. It looked like to be playing a six role as well, mm-hmm. um, replicating what Shaka did last season, providing Martinelli with the support, which again, me and Adam spoke about last week. Um, one of the reasons why Martinelli looked so tame was because he was he was missing that support and seemingly, seemingly got that um, tonight. So talk to me about Tomiyasu's role, um, what Arteta would have wanted from him, and do you think these were specific instructions given to him, or was it just Tomiyasu um, growing and just you know getting better and getting used to that left hand side? Because I think it's safe to say now that's probably one of his primary positions. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I definitely think Arteta's given him instructions, but I think what you're seeing now is is confidence in those instructions within Tomiyasu. And I mean, you, you got to think when we bought him. He was a centre-back who got converted to a right-back. Now he's playing left-back in inverted role. So it's it's he's he's had a 
all ought to go go. And when he plays for Japan, he plays at centre back, and he's amazing. Um, so he's he's completely, I say, revolutionising. He's sort of growing. He's developing. It's like what uh, Ben White when he came as centre back, but he asked to become fullback. He wanted to take on those roles. Um, but with Tommy Essi, you're just seeing the confidence now. It's his role is, although people confuse it, make it complex. It's actually extremely simple. It's li- all his job is to, to do is to one, depending on how the the, the opposition move tells you what type of defending they're doing they're either doing man marking or they're zonal it's as simple as that if they're if if he's being tracked that's man marking if he's not and they're dropping back then it's zonal that means he keeps the ball and he can be the extra man in the middle and then if 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 it is man marking he gets drawn across then that frees up the straight ball all the way to martinelli on the wing and then he can come up and step so he all he is there for is basically to create the extra man in the pitch for them to exploit that weakness and become a pivot so and like you said, but he was doing that six roles. So when he was coming into that role, Rice was able to step forward and go forward with confidence, and Jorginho as well. And then Erdegaard was kind of moving as a second striker alongside Jesus in a four. Um, so it gave him a lot, us a lot more opportunities going forward. But just like Adam said as well, I think today we lacked a lot of that final third ball, and I think everyone was to blame for that. It wasn't. It wasn't just like Erdegaard. Erdegaard had a bad game, but I. I that's another decision. I I think Jorginho and Erdegaard just can't work in the same midfield together. I just don't. I just don't think they balance well. Good players on their own right, but I think together they just don't. Right. And I was talking to Adam sort of the other day about this. It's the thing that Jorginho he can't turn. He can't turn a guy on a half turn. Whereas when if you ever watched when Party and Rice at the start of the season were playing with Erdegaard, you'd watch Party or Rice. They'd turn their man. Or, or you'd see how they'll turn a man and then they'll pass it to Erdegaard who's ran into space because he's turned his man. Whereas Jorginho, he will take the, take it on the back. He'll then pass it back to the centre-back or pass it left, pass it right. And then by that time, Erdegaard's already been marked. So he, he was kind of, he's, he's kind of forced to make decisions, but that's another conversation. But I think across the board, there was a, we're lacking in that final third. And, and it was those moments that you said, Farron, it's, it's Jesus coming in uh, with that quality and that sort of, that just, experience and in these sort of moments to to be able to give that to the team and Adam was saying as well just coming in before the half best time to do it best time to do it and that was across the board it was energy across the board it was the likes the newbies like well not say newbies but people coming in like Tommy Asu proving himself constantly giving Martinelli the confidence to go forward because he knows he's going to be there for the track back Um, and that allowed us to go forward whereas with Zinchenko I think there's maybe not necessarily doubt, but Martinelli in the back of his head knows because Zinchenko is so aggressive when he goes forward. He knows he can't be as aggressive because if they get through on a counter, it's it's open. So there, there was a lot to look for there. Um, but overall, I think Tomiyasu is, was excellent today, and he's growing in confidence in that role, and you can clearly see it. And I and I, I don't I don't see why he shouldn't be our starting left back going forward at the moment. Yeah, well, Adam, one of the things your with thoughts that- on his. Sorry, ju- yeah, just so on the. I'm just going to introduce um, you by labelling our 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 um, expert stat man or tactical analysis person. Um, no, I, I I agree with Monty what he's saying about uh, Martinelli with Zinchenko and Tomiyasu. One of the things I think with uh, Martinelli going forward is Zinchenko inverts so much that it can really isolate Martinelli as well. So whenever he goes out of man, if that man really stands him up. And you've got, you've got him literally saying, right, you have to beat me. Uh, you, right, you're not going to drag me out of position. And you've got Zinchenko right in the middle of the park. Tomiyasu was inverting a bit. And it's the same against Chelsea, he inverted a bit. 
but he was providing that support. So it is that if you need to pull it back, you've got him. Whereas whenever we were playing against Chelsea and Zinchenko was in the pitch, Martinelli has to pull the ball back and look for Declan Rice if he's playing it or Havertz if he's in that position. It's a completely different ask and it gives you so much more to do as a winger. So I think... I, I agree. I think Tomiyasu's form has earned him the right to start. And it's not just a case of he's a more solid defensive player. I think all round what he's given us right now, he's earned the right to play. And that's how I like a player coming into the team, not because someone's done badly, but because you've literally gone on that pitch and said, Arteta, you have to pick me. And I think that's what Tomiyasu's done this season. And, and I really love to see it. I feel like we've got 2021 Tomiyasu back again when he was just rock solid. He was so good off both feet. And I think he, he's a player that knows the extent of his technical ability. It's high. It's not Zinchenko level, but it means he doesn't take daft risks that he, he can't get away with. And physically, he's a jewel winner as well. That's something that we don't have with Zinchenko. Tommy Yassi just loves clattering people. He loves going in for a challenge. And that's a part of the game that's so important that I think it really adds something. And the other thing is, when you've got Zinchenko, Jorginho and Odegaard on the pitch, I think those three together really don't gel. So there's three players that play, a, well, Zinchenko and Jorginho both play a lot of sideways passes. And yes, Jorginho plays those verticals, as does Zinchenko. But the two of them play so many five-yard balls. That's a big part of how they keep the ball moving. Put those three in the same team together, and I think it really, really impacts what Odegaard can do because he's getting the ball kind of with his back to goal, having to turn, and getting it from five yards where he's got two defenders around him every time, and that restricts what he can do with Saka, Jesus, and so on. So, so yeah, I think Tommy Yasu kind of negates that problem and gives us something different for our teams to think about. I just wanted to what? add as well, sorry, Farron, um, regarding sort of Tommy Asin, you, you brought it up there, Adam, like he, he sort of had that mentality to come back and want to prove himself. I think that's a refreshing to see because I feel like a lot in football recently, a lot of players sort of throw their toys at the pram. They're like, I'm not starting, I'm not having this. And it's it's just refreshing to see really players really wanting to fight for that starting position because you, you hear it all the time with players that they don't start a couple of games, they get mad and they want to get transferred and go elsewhere. So no, I just I just think it's refreshing to see that someone actually who's who was starting got dropped, clearly got dropped, and then is is coming back and pretty much winning his, his spot again is um good to see. It's just good to see. Yeah. Whilst you guys were speaking, it got me thinking to a possible solution that we've got on that left-handed side. Well, that that second six role that's missing mm. um to play alongside Partey. So we all love what Zinchenko does as an inverted midfielder, and we all love what Tomiyasu does as a fullback. Why can we not play um Tomiyasu as a fullback and Zinchenko as a number six playing alongside Rice? It's an option. What, like a Trent Alexander-Arnold sort of role. I don't know. I'm just, you know, you guys, the, you got my imaginations, uh, you know, starting to tingle a little bit. Starting, you know, I'm, uh, I've got uh, all these different pictures and diagrams in my, <laughs> in my head. It definitely gives me um, sort of Liverpool with what they've done with Trent Alexander-Arnold vibes if they did that. Have you have you seen him recently? How the position he's been playing? He's pretty much been the, the like the six in front of all the centre backs. I mean, I don't mind it. I've been give it a go, but I wouldn't want to. I I wouldn't want to find out the experiment during a Premier League game. Hmm. 
Do you know what I mean? Like if there was like a an FA Cup, I mean we've got what we've got West Ham in the cup coming up. Still going to be a tricky game. That's at the London Stadium. You don't really want to risk it there. We've got Sheffield United in the league again. You can't take the league for granted. When do you try it? When, when would you the try it? Is, is your idea. He, when would you try it? He does play there for Ukraine, so mm. it's not a complete experiment. Yeah. I was going to hand this back to you, Adam, because, like I said, you're our, our expert tactical analysis <laughs> guy. So <laughs> break it down for us. How does this uh, work? I mean, look, I, I think Zinchenko started out as a 10, so I, I think he can operate further forward. If you've got Rice in there, I, I think having Zinchenko further up the pitch, mm. you could do a job. Honestly, for me, Declan Rice can just do everything across that zone. You can have him just sweeping up and you tell him, we don't want you to be as aggressive. We don't want you to make those runs forward as much. Just stay in this area and he'll do exactly what you ask him to do and he'll excel at it. But uh, yeah, I think... Sheffield United is a game that you could get away with it. To be honest, it's less of an experiment than playing Havertz as a left eight. So, and I would probably have more confidence than playing Fabio Vieira there at the minute because I don't know what's going on with him. He had a couple of good games, looked to be getting his way back into the team. Now looks like he's out of contention again. So, the the, the he is a player that we we do have to have conversations about because. He was a thirty-five million pound player that should have really been the the kind of longer term, short term even replacement for Granite Shaka. Instead, he's a player that can barely get in the squad at the minute. So it's look for me, Zinchenko could play that role. You know how good he is with both feet. He he's got the the ability to slide a pass in. The only thing I do question is how creative is Zinchenko really? Like he can split. Mm. He can split the lines in the middle of the park, but can he do that with a with a low block? I I, I don't know. He, he could do. We just haven't seen it before. So playing slightly deeper and making those passes is different. And I think Trent Alexander Arnold is just a unicorn, just an exceptional creator. Yeah. Okay. Well, the remainder of the game, I guess you could call it a bit of a transition uh, path in the sense that <laughs> Arsenal were controlling possession for parts of it. Then Sevilla were moving the ball around. But both teams were playing some good quality football. You know, the passing was um, up to par with what we're used to seeing. Very quick, very uh, neat and tidy. Um, but as you guys were saying, the final bit of quality was missing from both sides. Um, and I was noticing that whilst we were, we we looked really nice playing the ball out from the back, um, it wasn't amounting to anything substantial because we weren't able to play it past the middle of the pitch, which is a, it's, it's a big issue because last season we looked so good playing the ball out of the back whilst also being able to exploit the middle of the pitch and then feed it down the channels. Um, mm -hmm. And had we not scored the goal late on in the first half, maybe we'll be talking about a different, uh, you know, different first half. But that goal, as you, as you, as you um, summarized, as you both summarized, was, you know, brilliant in its own right with uh jesus um just a, a master at what he does um mm -hmm. pulls out you know gem gem type moments out of nowhere 
um, that Cruyff turn to get away from the two severe that was players. A silly turn, yeah, silly turn. You know, uh, and then putting, being able to put Martinelli in on goal. And actually, I think what's worth mentioning is the ball that was delivered to him. I think it might have been Tomiyasu who finds him. Um, it's Saliba. And it's not yeah, just. It, Sorry, yeah, Saliba, right. Yeah. But it's a, it's a dead sort of ball. Like, that ball isn't coming with much pace. It's just a big hoof. It's, it's kind of... Yeah, uh, and he has to pick up the the tempo of that ball really quickly. He has to create the pace, and he does it so effortlessly. Um, puts Martinelli in and goal, dribbles past the keeper with ease. It seems like he's just walking, trudging, and then passes the ball into the net. And, that, and, and at that point, um, Arsenal are 1-0 up, and we're heading into the second half with a goal, and... A really, really good, um, positive, mm-hmm. you know, energy uh, amongst I, everyone. I, I think that goal as well, though. Like looking at the half, we de- we deserve to be one nil up. I don't, I don't think we can say to ourselves that was a lucky goal or we didn't deserve to be winning going into the half. I think that was very much uh, that was where the game was at at that point. So. Uh... Sound can only mean one thing. We've arrived at the halfway point of the show where I'll be taking you guys into the second part. Um, but before we do that, just a quick summary, a one-word summary of that first half. Monty, I'll start off with you. If you had to summarise that half in one word. Oh. Um, I'm going to say Composed. Nice. Adam? Disciplined. Okay. And I'm going to go for? Good. <laughs> Just good. You <laughs> so, look, the second half. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Uh, the second half. It, I feel like th- this game was split into two halves. The first half was a bit of a warm-up. The second half was all out. Um, everyone going gung-ho almost. Great start to the second half. Arsenal mm-hmm. on the offensive. Um, great passing, particularly down the right-hand side of Sakura Odegaard and Rice. And there were a number of chances before that second goal. Um, Jesus, there's, there's a chance where Jesus chases loose ball in the severe box, tries to lob the keeper, comes off to Odegaard. Um, a rebounded effort, which he really should have done better with, um, but it goes over the bar. Another move from Arsenal with a lovely ball from Rea into Tommy, plays the long ball into Martinelli, who shoulders the ball um, down, you know, with such calm, composed, um, sort of, you know, Martinelli-esque style. Um, Lays it off to Jesus, replicates that same Cruyff turn that he did at the end of the first half, uh, but it doesn't amount to anything. But you could could tell, you know, in the first opening six or seven minutes that we were building and we were building really quickly. And that was really refreshing to see because I've missed seeing that from Arsenal. It seems like, or up until this point anyway up until the severe game it seemed like Arsenal were, had adapted this new approach of easing themselves into games as opposed to just going in and um, trying to get you know the second goal as quickly as possible so you know Adam talk, talk me through this second goal because it came from absolutely nothing we were building slowly but you could tell something was going to happen and you know who better to score than Gabriel Jesus yeah just beautiful beautiful goal one of those, yeah, you're right, it didn't really come from anywhere. The worst thing is, uh, I rang me da 
chatting to him. He had just got in from work and uh, he was looking for catch up on the first half. And my game had it because I was watching it through the app on my Sky, had a bit of a delay. My dad's like, Yes, get in. And I'm sitting there and there's still this slow build up going on. So, uh, so yeah, it took about a minute for mine to catch up and actually see the ball fly into the top corner, which completely kills any momentum and any kind of joy you have. Obviously, you're buzzing when it goes in, but it really ruins the moment whenever that happens. It's like if you get a notification on your phone right before we score. And uh, But, yeah, look, it was one of those great feet from Jesus. It's another example of what we said about him drifting out to the left, getting the ball, coming into the box, really nice feet, and then just that... That touch, just push it out in front of his man and bend it round everyone. He just caught it so nicely. And it, it, like the keeper's nowhere near it. It was one of those, and it came at the perfect time of the game as well. It was not long after we had that terrible miss that Odegaard put over the bar. And um, it, we just needed that goal to really, really settle the nerves. And I think when you go 1-0 up on a ground like that, you do need a moment like that. And... It's what we've been bad at this season is taking that second, that next step and going out and getting that goal, killing the game. And what we really need is to be able to go on and get that third goal now. But it was nice to see that it didn't take us long in the second half in a tough game to go out and really take advantage and punish a team. So just a brilliant moment of magic from Jesus. And after the kind of the real silky play of his first of the first goal with his assist. It was just great to see him match that kind of pure Brazilian magic with a finish like that. It was just incredible. And three goals in three. It's yeah. what more can we ask right now from him? Yeah. And an assist yeah. as well. Mm. Can't go wrong. Nah, yeah. it's, it's, this is quality. And I think you touched on it as well, Adam. It's not just the way that Jesus today, he just doesn't just drift left. He does this thing that only top players do and it's he, he, he'll just stand still he'll drift but he'll just stand still and it basically keeps the center back they're like what the, do you know what i mean they're constantly like what's he doing and he's just scanning he's just watching watching and he'll slowly he'll slowly draw them out until until he and then he'll just dart in he'll dart and he'll basically separate the two center backs make them go wider and it will leave an open space for Erdegaard to run straight up the middle Saka can cut in he can cut in himself he gives he, he's so good at doing it just what honestly watch him sometimes when he goes off the ball and he'll just stop he'll just stop about a couple of yards away from a, a center back and he'll just slowly just step out step out and then he'll like do a little fake run just to keep them honest he's he was class day that was no short of a world-class performance for me today from Jesus. Yeah, one of the things with yeah. standing still, Thierry Henry did it better than anyone. Used to see Henry out in, the, out in the line, hands on his hips, just watching. Next minute, bang in behind. And he was the master at that. Like He did it better than... He was kind of the one that introduced that as well with just drifting white and standing still. And um, Jesus obviously doesn't have his killer qualities, but... Look, he's got a lot of traits that Thierry Henry did have in his game in terms of how he dribbles. If he could just have that finishing ability and ball striking, yeah. he would be incredible. The way the way I put it was, yeah, just he he knew where the dangerous areas were and he knew how to mm. push the pain pain points. He he knew how to do it. That was the difference for him today. He was um, we've seen him before, not maybe get into the right spaces a few times, but. Yeah, he now did today. It was great, great yeah, performance. I, I, I just feel like he 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 was 
he just enjoyed himself, you know. Mm. He, he was expressing himself. Mm. And Jesus only, you get the best of him when he's having a good time, when he's out in the park, you know. And these are the competitions where all, I think, when it comes to South American players, because of where they come from, and especially him, his story, um, these are the moments that they live for. So it's really difficult for someone like him to get himself pumped up for uh, an away game to Burnley. But when it comes to the Champions League, you can see it in his eyes, the twinkle. You can see the, the ferociousness when he chases a ball down, the facial expressions that gives it away. Um, this competition is different. It means something different to every player. But for, for every player, it's incredibly special. Um, and, you know, you want to take... You want to you want to you want to take advantage of every moment you have on the pitch when you're playing in the Champions League. So mm -hmm. look, we're two 0 up. Um, Declan Rice with an assist as well, being there in the right place, leading the pack. Um, you know, getting that ball out wide to to Jesus, which leads to the goal. And we were looking really direct even after the second goal. I mean, uh, you know, passing the ball in between the lines, moving it with purpose. Like I said, Rice was leading the pack with a, a real aggression to his move. Um, and then <laughs> the worst ha thing happens, which completely kills our momentum, uh, Monty. We can see the goal. Mm -hmm. um, it comes from a, a corner. corner yeah, um, it was Jesus' man as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it, for that goal, honestly, just that goal, I think it was a lot of just complacency because there was, if you watch that goal back and there was no movement, it's we are very, very static across the board. I mean, Jesus, before he's even reacted to, I'm, I can't who actually remember who scored for Sevilla. Um, was, I can't actually, was it, it El Nassir? was Goodell. Goodell. So he, I, I remember watched him and he was already two whole like steps in front of Jesus before Jesus even was reacting because he was just flat footed. And I feel like we went into that corner like expecting just to stop it. And like we were like, oh, we're 2 0 up. So there was just a bit of complacency in that. And uh, like you said, it, it cut, it, it killed the game after, not killed the game, but it killed our momentum because like you said, the way we were playing, I thought we were going to score a third. I thought we were going to start running away and it was going to be like another PSV game again. Um, but it didn't. We lost that. Um, and it's been a bit of an issue for us, I'd say, this season, sort of on the set pieces. It's been sort of a, a weak spot. I mean, with keepers being sus with the way that they clear it, just players just in general not getting their man. It was just, it was just, it was lazy. It was lazy and it and it gave Sevilla and their fans something to believe in and it changed the atmosphere in, in the stadium and that's where we just saw the game became frantic. It was back and forth, back and forth. It was great. It was, I mean, for a neutral or, or anyone, it was great to watch. It was a great game. Uh, it was very fast paced and it was always something going on. Um, but I do think we could have handled it a lot better. I, d I do think we could have just handled it a lot better. I think we, after they conceded, we got a little bit rushed. We were sort of forcing passes quickly, whereas... I was watching it and um, I, can't, I don't think it was Jorginho. I think it was Erdegaard actually. He got the ball and there was actually no one on him. There was actually no one on him and he could have just turned and just looked at everyone because no one was pressing him. But instead he was like automatically just passing it straight off. And they always teach that even at academy level. You do not pass the ball unless you're being forced to or there's someone wide open. You make sure that ball gets to where it's going. If if no one's going to press you and tackle you, you just hold that ball for 30 seconds until someone comes to you. It doesn't matter. As long as until someone presses you, don't do it. So it felt a little bit rushed. Um, after that, that goal went in and I had sort of dipped down a little bit uh, and then we started to reinvigorate um, again and it came back and forth. But I think one of the 
one of the things that pointed, but it was a bit later in the match is when Nketiah came on. And I think Adam touched on it spot on when he said about Jesus with that sparkle in his eye. He he didn't need to 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 do you know what I mean? Doesn't need to get motivated for this game. But Nketiah, he came on and he didn't have that. Because when we've seen Nketiah before, he's done cameos, right? He's electric. He's like pressing. He's fast. He's pushing the goalkeepers. Did you see that today? I didn't see no. that in his cameo. You, you wouldn't think to hear that from Monty. This is a fun. I know. No. I know. I know. This favorite is, player, he's your boy, Monty. <laughs> I know. I know. I, but I'm, I'm just honest. I, I didn't see that desire for when he came because I thought, right, this is an Nketiah's chance. You're in the Champions League, mate. Go on. Steal, steal the game. Secure it. And like, there were just balls where he normally, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, if it's uh, rainy days in Burnley that get him motivated instead of severe away. But um, yeah, he just, he just didn't have that fight about him. I, I don't know what it was. It was a bit strange. But saying that towards the end of the game we, we I, I feel like we did start managing it um, there was a heart and mouth moment I think we all had that moment with uh, Raya and his punch <laughs> Whoa, that was a uh, that was in its, that was different that was completely different but yeah honestly that was oh, oh my but god that's a conversation as well heart and mouth was literally just yeah. yeah Adam I'm waiting for the defence here no I, on, honestly I, I can't it's <laughs> It's one of those, he had a really, really nervy moment early on in the first half where he, we were passing it around inside the box. And again, I believe so much of this is instructional. I It just really worries me because unless you execute it perfectly, you get moments like this. And we saw today he passed straight to a Sevilla player and it was one of those that led to every player reacting frantically and you just see the panic of all our centre-backs turning and facing straight away. And we got away with it. We, we dealt with it. But it was another moment of taking too much risk coming out from the back. And I get this cat and mouse, invite the press, play through it, all that. But at the same time, I think there are times where you don't need to take the level of risk that we maybe are because I'm looking at it at the minute and I'm thinking, are we genuinely seeing the reward for the level of risk we're taking? Last year, I could see it. It was pure chaos. It was brilliance. It was electric football. But this year, it's such a slow buildup. And I'm thinking, if we lose the ball because of the slow buildup, yes, our shape is better, but it, it takes us longer to get back into the game after we something goes wrong. And... Uh, mm. Yeah, he had that early pass where it went straight to the Sevilla player, and then that punch—that was—that was. That was a, did, did you see in the there replay? Were other moments they, as well. They had a replay from behind the goal, and Rea dives out and punches yeah. it. And Saliba's like this; he's got both hands in the air, and he looks like he's going to have a heart attack. His face is just like. <laughs> there's just pure panic in his face as that ball slowly comes down and like just lands over the bar. But it was one of those, you don't dive out like that. You don't try and punch the ball like that. If you do, you get two like strong fists to get that ball away aggressively. But he goes at it with one pot, one fist, which when you're diving like that and the ball's curling, really difficult thing to do. And yeah, I... I just didn't feel overly confident in him today. I think there were good moments. He made a couple of good saves mm-hmm. and he made some good collections from crosses and corners. But at the same time, I'm looking at that and thinking, right, 
you've got those errors. This is what the third or fourth game where we've seen this in a row, and we've dropped a keeper who, like, that's not gloss over Ramsdale's mistakes. He made plenty, but I, I just feel like at the minute Ray is adding more risk to the game than Ramsdale is, and I don't feel as secure with him in the goal. So the, the big thing for me is. I don't think we needed this problem. And I think it's created a circus around two goalkeepers. And Arteta has made a rod for his own back. If he drops Raya, he ends up with a keeper competing for number one whose confidence is on the floor after three or four bad games in a row. And if he brings in, if he doesn't drop him, how long before he does bring Ramsdale back in? How does Ramsdale prove himself again without getting a chance to do it? So it is this really difficult situation because none of us believe that Arteta is ever going to sub a keeper on during a game. Like even, you just do. don't do it. <laughs> just being out there. All right, Farhan believes it, uh, but for the rest of us don't. So yeah, I, I thought Rayo was worrying to watch today. So... I, I can see his strengths. I can see why Arteta likes him, but that doesn't mean that we can't overlook that it's about four or five games now where we've seen errors that have either led to goals or led to very good chances. Do not I feel I like we need? Sorry, Farron. I was going to yeah. say, don't I feel like we needed in that second half, especially after that second goal went in, and we sort of lacked. And I was I was expecting Georgina to do it. Now I know I've been sort of like dissing Georgina for the last. I don't actually dislike him as a player. Um, I just think when Erdogan hit her in the same midfield, it just doesn't work. But what I was looking for him because I mean this is a very experienced player who's won pretty much every everything um, as well. I wanted there to be more calmness. There needed to be there needed to be that leader who kind of because Erdogan wasn't giving it. He was not giving it. Um, Georgina, I was looking for him to sort of just keep the ball hold it slow it down slow the game down because it was looking very frantic for those first sort of 10-15 minutes after that goal uh, and Sevilla had uh, a couple of chances um, and, and yeah, I didn't really see him do it um, which was disappointing um, it's not to say that I don't think Giorgio, Giorginio can do it I think he's probably one of the best in our team at doing it um, when party's not fit really because um, that's what you expect from Giorginio it's always a sort of a calm professional sort of game he's never going to light up the, the the pitch is never going to skill a player but what it gives you is that composure similar to sort of Mohamed El Nini just it does his job it just does his job and we needed that sort of calmness so and I don't think we had that until round the 75th minute um, and that was I think mainly down to the centre-backs to be honest I think Saliba and Gabriel were were, were great uh, they gave they gave <laughs> solid performance um, in, especially in that last 15 minutes when it was getting a bit frantic uh, they were defended well under pressure um, and I think like the team as a whole they started to understand their situation a lot better in terms of team management they they, they were managing the game properly they were burning the clock right they were they were knowing when and when not to like just get when they were knowing like when to just get on with it because the momentum was with us or they knew when the momentum was against us they needed to slow the game down um so that was good to see that's that's what you get from an experienced team and i think i can't remember who one of you said it but it's about that this team haven't played in the champions league before they've not really had those minutes so for them to start picking up on those traits because let's look at it now if we look at all the teams that have won champions leagues in the past they've run it on game management 
they've purely run it on game management and 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 rising to the occasion they don't let it they don't crack crash under pressure and when they are in front they shut the game off they shut the game off um and i feel like we've been a victim to it in the past where we haven't shut off games properly i mean uh, the fulham game for instance is one that comes to my mind we didn't shut that game off properly um and we're still trying to be overly attacking and aggressive and we didn't really have that composure about us so it was better to see today but i feel like we needed it earlier i feel like we needed to get that earlier and the subs did help um i think the subs did help just sort of bring in new new energy really just wanted to add it yeah. in sorry I don't know how we went from Raya to Jorginho in such seamless transition. That was magical. I was impressed with that as well. (laughs) Good work. Were you not thinking that as you were speaking? I was thinking, wow, that's amazing. (laughs) It just changed the discussion without even anyone noticing. It it was good. It was a good, swift transition. Mm. Yeah, it was. I wish I could say the same for... Um, David Raya, who um, look, look, uh, I did want to, I did want to make a quick point on Raya and why I feel mm-hmm. like this is happening to him, um, and and some of the parallels we can draw with Ramsdale's experience as well, because um, low confidence and and nerves definitely is something that um, keepers face, you know, in periods of their career. You look back at Ramsdale when he first came in, the scrutiny he was mm-hmm. under, the amount of abuse that was being heralded at him for taking that number one spot from Burnt Leno. And he took that pressure with stride. And now you look at someone like David Rea, who made a few mistakes early on, and he's just let those mistakes, I think, define him as the games go by. It's really worrying to see because here is someone who we associate with... Words like calmness, composure, you know, being someone who you could just rely on. And Ramsdale, on the other hand, is frantic, chaotic, you know, almost a little bit too dramatic. So um, I'm still waiting for Ramsdale to be put back in. Um, I don't know whether it's going to happen against Sheffield United. At this point, it seems unlikely since, um, you know, Arsenal won tonight and Raya, you know, was was uh, on the school, on the uh, team sheet as well. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, before we end the show, um, I just want to get your opinions, both of you, on mm-hmm. the manner in which that second half was played. Adam, I'll start with you. Um, Sevilla came back with a goal, very much, you know, bringing them back into the game. Um, and then, you know, as, as, as Monty said, it was, it was back and forth. It was very chaotic, very frantic and things started to heat up. I felt like, um, you know, while Sevilla were trying to capitalize on the goal, Arsenal were trying to impose themselves so that they could try and reduce that, um, momentum that Sevilla was building. As a fan, do you enjoy watching games like this where it's back and forth? There's high drama. There's lots of entertainment. Or do you just feel a little bit more at ease when Arsenal are able to keep things quiet and, and control? Um, I I mean, I always prefer the easiest way to win a game or the, the least stressful way to win the game. But I didn't feel that stressed at the end of this game. I felt fairly calm and composed. And I, I think that we're set up now that we can drop into a low block and deal with things. So we, we've got Saliba and Gabriel. They, they live for these moments. They absolutely love just throwing themselves at things. And they're, they're, then Declan Rice as well. And 
there were moments in the game. So like Rice, we haven't really talked about him too much, but what a performance. Like for me, he was man of the match today. Um, he, funny enough, he actually gave the ball away more than he's give it, lost it in any other game as an Arsenal player. But that was a performance where I think in certain games you have to play the game state. You can't always play the way you want to play. And Declan Rice is really, really good at that. And I think sometimes that's the issue Thomas Partey has, where he still wants to do those nice flicks and tricks and so on in a game that maybe doesn't allow you to do that. Whereas Rice, there were times when Rice has maybe taken a heavy touch and someone comes at him, he's so good at just like, he steps across, gets his leg in the way, gets his arm in the way. Mm -hmm. It's like, nah, mate, you're not getting near the ball protects it and then there's that big surge where he just drives and there was one point during the game which really summed up what he can do as a carrier and ball was cut out Jorginho taps it off to him it's about 68 69 minutes and Rice drives past three players fourth man comes at him he just like kind of turns infield passes it to Saka and I thought Saka could have done a bit more with it he ended up having a fairly weak shot but um it was moments like that. There was another one where he drove forward and Trossard and someone else, I'm not sure who it was, both took off at the same time and neither of them looked behind them and Rice plays the pass and they got cut out because the two of them switch off. But moments like that in the game, I felt Declan Rice was the, he had the cape on again. He It was West Ham, Declan Rice and like 100 million for him is looking like just cheap every day. We took the piss out of West Ham fans in the summer whenever they were saying he was worth 150 and they were saying pay 120 or like don't buy him, whatever. Actually, I think we're the ones laughing now because no one's mentioning his price tag and I can't really remember a player that came for that amount of money that no one is talking about his price tag and just how consistent he is. So that is, for me, he's getting better every game. And I think whenever we see Thomas Pardy or an actual left eight in the team, we're going to see a whole other level of Declan Rice because he's not going to have to do the job of the left-sided midfielder and the six. Because right now, I think he's being asked to do a bit too much. But look, that that game, seeing it out, the kind of chaos, that, that trio of him, Saliba and Gabriel, those three are made for this kind of occasion. And I think they're... They're the kind of players that we've always lacked in these games in the past. And we saw today, again, Saliba, how easily he deals with things. Even just how he can drop the shoulder. Centre-backs don't normally do that. You see Ramos's passing ability at the other end. Still phenomenal at, what, 50 years old, whatever he is now. And um, mm-hmm. But like he's still a top, top player, Ramos. And his passing ability, he, he was one of the original just ball playing centre backs and Saliba's got everything he does but he's far bigger than him for a player of Saliba's stature to be able to drop the shoulder and play such cute passes and just be aware of where everyone is I think that's what really helps us see games out as well because he can give us that calmness but all in all like the second half was one of those where I felt it was a really good performance disciplined and I, I, honestly it to Monty's point, I was really disappointed with Enkedia when he came on. I felt that Jesus come, coming off really took something away. However, just an update on that, Jesus has said that he's got a scan tomorrow. He's done some tests and he thinks it's nothing. 
So he thinks he's going to be okay. So we've got some good news there. But we, um, look, we saw it out well. I thought everyone was good without getting carried away. I thought the the other player to add into that trio is Tomiyasu. Just fantastic winning duels, both early ground duels, even just the way he was covering space, cutting those passing lanes out and those things off the ball. Because there was a couple of times where Enkedia didn't press and if he if he stepped forward, he cuts out a passing lane. He may not win the ball, but it, cha- it forces a player to change their mind because a pass isn't on. And instead he was walking and it's like, mate, you've got 15 minutes to show yourself here. Havertz has done it in the last two games. He's really earned his place. I thought again, Havertz was okay when he came on today. Nothing special, but it it was the game state at the time. We didn't have loads of the ball. That was the time for Eddie to come on, really run, really work hard, close players down, and just when we were in their half, really make make your moment count. And I, I, again, I felt he didn't do it. He looked half a yard off again, and he looked sluggish and tired, which I'm really disappointed to see. But look, aside from that, I felt the subs did well. And overall, it was just a really mature, disciplined performance and one of those that a year ago, two years ago, we wouldn't have won that game. We would have bottled it. Yeah, look, yeah. we're top of the we're top of our group. Um we're looking good and we've got two more home games and a trip to Eindhoven if no. To uh is that, is that right? Severe at home next, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so the three then, remaining games we've then got Lens at we've, home. Right, we've got Lens, Sevilla at home and a trip to Eindhoven. In December, I think. December 12th, Fine. I think it is. No worries. Okay, so what about you, uh, Monty? Very quickly, yeah. um, what kind of what kind of a, 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 a second half do you tend to enjoy more? The one that we witnessed mm-hmm. or one of the latter version of it? Do you know what? I love a, I love a good frantic game, as long as we're winning. Um, I, I don't mind it being back and forth. I don't mind it being heart and mouth stuff. Again, as long as we're winning. Um, but I also love a, a just a, a stout professional performance where you slap a team 4-0. Um, I'm going to go with the, I love a 4-0 because it's just class. But I I mean, that's why we love football. We love the unpredictability of it. If it's it gets boring enough, you keep winning 4-0 every time. It's like if you're playing may, I, career I, I, mode and you just keep slapping the teams and you're difficult, you don't get good hard enough. You're like, I'm bored now. <laughs> yeah, but if we won 4-0 so well, every week, we'd be so cocky. Imagine exactly. that stride like, into work every day like an absolute baller because you'd won 4 0 again. Conor McGregor. Literally, literally. I think no, I think the second half was um it was it was also a good game as well. Like I mean you I already spoke about it, sort of that there was uncomposure. The way I would describe it is like a car, right? Saliba and Gabriel were like our wheels. They kept us grounded, they kept us there. Jesus was the was the what would you call it? That was the plastic, you know, it made it look nice. It made the car plastic? Oh, what do you call it? Jesus to <laughs> no, 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 but what's it called? What do you call it? Of um what do you call them the rims or you call them the rims? The not the rims. Now what's like the thing that you have like why kind of thing? Not a chassis. What's the thing that covers the chassis? Fairings, the like the fairings, the fairings. So like on a motorbike, you call them fairings. It's like the plastic that goes around it and that makes it look nice. That was that was Jesus today. It was quality. But Rice, and I'd agree with Adam, Rice for me was my, I'd say, man of the match, especially that second half. It was just unrivaled. It was just unbelievable. And the way he could step in and just, I've, I've not seen Rice really make a wayward tackle. Have you? His tackles are just so clinical 
every time he just knows when to go. But do you know who he reminds me of, right? He's a mixture. He's got the strength and the steadfastness of like a Patrick Vieira. And, he, and he's not afraid to get in your face. But he has the trickiness and the the sort of ghost-like effect of uh, Gab- um, Gilberto Silva, where he just p- comes out of nowhere and goes, I love that. Like, yeah. you think you've got that ball? No, you haven't. Like, he just goes, and I've, come, I've got that. Where, and, but he will just stand there and he'll be strong as well. Like, you've got to think, people think Declan Rice is quite short. I'm pretty sure he's like six foot three, six foot four, is he not? Six one. Oh, he's, he's a giant. He's, he's, he's six he's, one, he's but huge. he's built. So like, yeah. Like he's he's a unit and he has the presence as well and he was relentless the whole time. Um, so now it was a it was a it was a good it was a good game and I'm I like like Adam said I, I didn't come out of it feeling it's it's good you know um it was a good it was a good game I'm not what wasn't too worried throughout the game really um and I'm just looking forward to the next one now um and the one thing I would say actually is our bench to it, it, it worked the right decisions the right subs and it's stacked. For once, so we actually have a proper depth in our thing. I don't think we lost any quality bar Ninketi. I think Ninketi just had a bad day. I don't know what was in his breakfast this morning, but like he just he just wasn't up for it. Um, but we didn't really lose any quality. We didn't. It, do you know what I mean? It's not like we're, we're bringing on like two, three years ago where we're bringing on people who just simply aren't good enough. Um, on we're actually bringing players who can very much step in for that first role. So it's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah. All right, good and stuff. And it was nice so, to see Cedric on the bench. Oh, Cedric got involved in all the celebrations. You had to put it in there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I did see. I didn't see a familiar face. I just thinking, who's that? Very uncanny looking. He, he figure. was straight on there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, I'm sure Arteta will give him a few minutes in the Champions League. Last game in the group stages. He'll be on final few minutes. Um, we got cool, to think that guy, the guy's been in the final of the Euros. I'm on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you, every every team needs a, uh, a mascot, doesn't it? So, <laughs> um, okay, so it's time for good, 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 bad. Since there's three of us, I'm going to assign one um, moment to 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 each of you. So, um, Adam, I'll start you off. Can you give me your good moment of the game? Uh, Jesus is turn, turn and pass. Which one? There was two. There was one in the the end of the first half, the, and then there was the, a second the, one that he the replicated. assist from Martinelli. That that turn, the way he takes two players out, just sublime. Bellissimo. Oh no, that's how, that's how you say it in Spanish, is it? How do you how do you say it in Spanish? Is Hermosa? No, not Hermosa. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, I, I did what see it with French your... commentary, and it was oh la la. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many feet. Um, Monty, give me your good good moment. Good good moment. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I don't want to be basic, but Jesus's goal, just that second goal. I literally just stood up and went. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just literally yeah. profanities profanities you're, you're, yeah he was taking a mick with that goal that was a that was a class finish that was a very good finish and it was the, the build up to it so that was my good good moment that was indeed a very good good moment he just unleashes on that ball doesn't he mm-hmm. and I'll give you my bad moment I'll be the bearer of bad news and say that David Rea not good enough unfortunately um, just a few dodgy moments for me but I don't want to you know 
Uh, talk about that too much. Let's end on a positive. Arsenal 2, Sevilla 1. We beat them away. And I think there was a stat going around that we hadn't won our last five in Spain in, in European competitions. I'm not sure how accurate that was. But anyway, uh, we've made it at this uh, the end of the show. Uh, unfortunately, it's time for us to say goodbye. I do want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's listened up until this point. Thank you very, very much. If you did enjoy this episode, please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let us know what you thought of the show by reaching out to us on Twitter. You can find us over there at Arsenal Therapy. You can also find Adam over there at Adam Keys underscore, and you can find Monty over there at Monty underscore official underscore. Um, and you can find me over there at Gunner Since 96. As always, we will be back next week to give you your usual weekly dose of Arsenal Therapy. But if you can't wait until then, make sure to head over to the Arsenal Therapy YouTube channel for both the 15 minute show and also the um, Arsenal Therapy preview show as well, where we'll be uh, looking ahead to our next game against Sheffield United, breaking down our opponents and talking about that fixture in a lot more detail. Make sure to head over to the Arsenal Therapy website too for the blog posts where we'll be breaking down our thoughts and feelings in the game and much, much more. So until then, take care, have yourselves a lovely week and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>